0: Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. Um, And I'm Dan, here with a solo episode. If my voice is a little raspy, I apologize. I'm getting past a cold right now. But the subject that I want to talk about today is planning your funeral or planning your memorial service. Um, now, now, the, part of the reason, uh, just admittedly, why, why this is on my mind is because we have had a wave of deaths or extended family deaths, and so we've had a lot of memorial services recently here at Life Bible Fellowship Church. But it's also just brought up to me the, the idea that for a lot of people, when they're facing this situation, when a family member has died, they have given very, very little thought to what the memorial service is going to be like, and also for some people, the the deceased. Maybe, maybe it was a, a timely um, death. Just. Uh, if you know what I mean, just in the sense that um, it was expected, that the person was not young, or there was warning because of a disease or something like that, and they sort of knew they were dying. Sometimes there is still very little preparation that goes on. So so here's the maybe the applications of what I'm going to talk about here. Um, first of all, there's an application for all of us to say we are doing a favor to people around us, to our loved ones around us, if we give some thought to our wishes for memorial service. And secondly, this can be helpful if you find yourself in a situation where somebody in your extended family has died and you are there to help plan the service and they've left no plans for that, that you can give some good thoughts. You can go in with some good and helpful thoughts to this. So I'm I'm going to talk about four. I'm going to give four suggestions or four points of guidance for planning your funeral or for somebody else or planning a memorial service. Um, and the first is this. It might seem kind of obvious, but the first is to have a memorial service or to have a funeral or to have a graveside to have something. And the reason that I say this, and, and this will tie into some other things that I talk about. It seems like in recent decades, there's been a movement, probably especially among evangelicals, sort of low church evangelicals, to question whether or not we even need a memorial service. Um, I want to advocate strongly to say if you're in a situation where maybe the person who died didn't really make a plan and you're looking at it and you're saying, well, maybe we just get them buried or get them cremated, more on that later. Um, and sort of just move on. I want to advocate strongly that you do a memorial service. This is incredibly helpful for those who have been left behind to go through a, an appropriate season of grief and an appropriate time of remembering. And it also is appropriate as believers in Jesus, just in marking the idea that death isn't something we just sort of move on from without being impacted by it, but that we take in the idea that we've experienced a death and that there's grief. Surrounding that, Um, you know, some people, I I think because of our Christian hope, like if a Christian dies, some people will make the argument, hey, we we shouldn't grieve. There's nothing to grieve about. Um, Some people who are even dying will say, hey, when I'm gone, I don't want anybody grieving. This is misdirected. Um, I think I understand where this comes from and the idea of saying, ultimately, if this is a believer who who in the language of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 is now asleep, um, they are with the Lord, they're experiencing something that's much better by far, they're no longer in pain, they're awaiting their final resurrection, so we don't have to grieve for them and that's true. We don't have to grieve for them. The grief, frankly, is mostly for us. We, we are grieving the idea that death separates us from people that we love. Um, death is a separation of the body from the spirit. Death is a separation of loved ones from loved ones. So death is something that's deeply significant. Death is referred to as by the Apostle Paul as the last enemy. It is still an enemy that has been defeated, but has not yet been destroyed. So it is absolutely appropriate for us to have memorial services. It's absolutely appropriate for us to grieve at those. And so even as you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about this for yourself, I'm sort of like, all right, I'm I'm 44. Technically, I could die at any time. It's it's possible I won't make it to 45. But but with this said, I want to say, there should be a certain age that we get to where it's reasonable for us to say, okay, a lot more things could take me out now. And whether for you, you're like 65, 70, 70 you know, I, I hesitate in some way in saying ages because some of you are going to feel offended. You're going to be like, wait, wait are, are you saying if I'm 65, I can drop dead at any point? Not necessarily, but the older we get, the less strange it is if we suddenly die. So, so I would say if, if you're somewhere in your 60s, what would be the harm? What would be the hurt in setting down and making some plans for what you wanna take place at your memorial service? Um, as a clarification, Don't use this as a way to control people from beyond the grave. Don't use this as a way to sort of get so detailed and put undue burdens on other people that they have to find this musician, or they have to get this person to speak, or they have to put together this complicated service. Instead, use it as a way to remove burdens, because there are so many times that the people who are left behind are burdened with just trying to figure out how to do this. And if you give some guidance, if you say, hey, these are some hymns that I would really like to... To have played. Um, This is a verse that I would really like to have read. Um, Once again, don't try to control people. Allow the idea that the people who are left behind, in many ways, the service is more for them than for you. But you you can give general instructions on that. You can give some help that will relieve some burdens, even choosing the person that you want to do your memorial service or asking in advance different people who you might want to have sing or pray. It's a good thing to do. And if you feel funny about doing it because you're saying, I I don't think that I'll die for another 20 years or so, what's the harm in having that? And, And as another addendum to this, write it down. Write it down so that if you have people left behind and they start bickering about it, they're able to refer to that. So, so number one guidance on how to do a memorial service is do a memorial service. Um, number two is make clear your wishes about your remains, and this is just practical again. And and this is some, but but this is something once again that I I think that we we get we we get behind on this unnecessarily. Um, it is wise to make the plan so that your family is not left with an undue financial burden or or just with a difficult choice in what would dad have wanted? What would mom have wanted? What, what would this aunt or uncle have wanted? Um, now, I do want to pause here and I want to advocate for a couple of minutes on burial over cremation. Now, my only hesitation in this next part is that certain people, this is the only part that they're gonna remember of this whole thing. And also certain people are going to hear me say that either cremation is uh, like against the Bible or that if you're cremated, God is not gonna raise you up in the last day. Neither of those are true. There is not a hard case against cremation in the Bible where we could say this is definitely wrong. So you haven't sinned if you end up either uh, bequeathing for yourself to be cremated or making the choice for a relative to be cremated. Also, God has no problem reassembling the different atoms of our body, the different cells of our body. And the, the resurrection is a miracle. You getting cremated is not gonna stop that miracle from happening. So please hear me say that before I say everything else that I'm going to say. Um, And what I want to say is this. uh, I think burial is a much more Christian approach to death than cremation is. Um, Cremation's roots certainly are not Christian roots. They're they're much more pagan roots. Um, Burial follows the model of our ultimate hope. Jesus died and was buried and was raised to life. Our expectation, those of us who belong to Jesus, is that we will die, we will be buried, and we will be raised to new life. And so even the idea we had um, uh, almost exactly a year ago, my wife's mom died, and uh, she was buried. Um, it's, it's up in Oregon, and so the first time that we were able to go up to Oregon, when it was for her memorial service, she had already been buried um, we got to go and visit the grave. And well, one of the things that I realized when we visited the grave is that um, I, I think it was the first time for my sons, who are not young, you know, the the two oldest ones are teenagers um, and, and my youngest one at the time, I guess would have been 10. So so they're not young. I think it was the first time they had ever visited a grave. and And part of that is that they had not, this was the first grandparent who they had lost. But also part of that is that very few people these days, even Christians, are getting buried. Cremation has really become the norm in all of this. And to me, the idea that we were actually visiting the grave saying, this is where her body lies. One day that body will be raised from the dead is beautiful. And I think that also just getting to visit the grave is something that's powerful, that builds our hope and helps us. Um, the, the idea of being cremated and, and even for, for some people still having the ashes in the home, I'm just going to say that this is strange that, that this to me doesn't seem in keeping with our Christian hope, the idea that either we'd say, well, we got to keep them around, which is like, well, that that's a bunch of ashes. Um, and also the idea that sort of, we're going to scatter their ashes somewhere. This strikes me as very individualistic and we're, we're in a very individualistic culture, I think the much more idea of the Christian community, walking through a cemetery and seeing on the gravestones, here lies this person, this, you know, this year to this year, awaiting their final resurrection, um, awaiting their final reward. I think that there is beauty in that. So I just want to advocate for burial over cremation. Some people will say, well, it, it costs too much to get buried. Not if you plan for it. Um, Some people are like, well, you know, I I don't want to take up space. You are a human being created in the image of God. You are worthy of taking up space. So once again, it's not a sin to to choose cremation. I want to advocate that I think we should have more burials and either way, make your, make your uh, wishes for your remains known so that your family isn't left with sort of confusion or a financial burden or wondering what to do with this. So plan for that, make plans for that, um, plan for your remains. Um, third, and, and now we'll get more into the actual service itself. Um, at the memorial service, both grieve and celebrate. Um, I have already talked about this. Grief is appropriate. Um, first Thessalonians chapter four, the apostle Paul says, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And what he doesn't mean is, Hey, only hopeless people grieve. So we don't grieve. What he means is our grief is a grief with hope. We are sad just as Jesus cried at the funeral, uh, or basically at the funeral of his friend, Lazarus, we cry, we grieve. Um, I just want to say this to be clear. You are not betraying God or having a lack of faith. If you are grieving at a funeral. It should not be despairing grief, but it should be absolutely very real grief because there's a sad separation that we have from people that we love. Um, also, don't feel bad if there's laughter. Uh, what, what part of the strangeness of the grief process is that often we find ourselves uh, at one moment laughing and at another moment crying. And we're laughing because we remember something funny that happened with this person and it brings us joy to think of how much joy they brought to our lives. Then the next moment we're sobbing in tears because we miss them so much. I think Funerals and memorial services can be like that too, where people will get up and share and everybody will be laughing with familiarity with, with the idea of, yeah, that's, that's what that person was like and that's what they meant to all of us. And at the same time, there's grief and there's sadness. And we recognize that also because the things that other people will miss about that person are the things that we will miss about that person. So uh, uh, enter into it, not by some misdirected idea of saying, hey, we're not gonna grieve, we're just gonna celebrate. Enter into it with grief and enter into it with celebration, with joy, allow for laughter to happen. And within all of this, and this will play into the fourth point, um, celebrate the hope of Christ, celebrate that the reason why there can even be laughter at a Christian funeral is because death doesn't get the final word. And so we don't have to be in despair. And that that brings me to the, the fourth point of guidance I wanna give. So so just to review the four points of guidance, number one, have a memorial service. Don't skip it. Don't skip this step. It's important. Number two, make clear what you wanna happen with your remains, with my personal advocation for burial over cremation. Um, Third point of guidance is to have grief and celebration as a part of this. And fourth is to make Jesus the center. Um, One of the verses that I read at pretty much any memorial service or funeral that I do is um, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse two, where it says, better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting where the, the writer of Ecclesiastes basically says, better to go to a funeral than a party. And he says, because there's more wisdom to be learned at a funeral. When you've got people at a funeral or at a memorial service, it is the time to gain wisdom. And part of the wisdom, according to Ecclesiastes, is for us to recognize that we will all die. And so one of the things that I say in memorial services is that each one of us will one day be on the other side of a service like this. A bunch of people will be gathering around because we have died, and they'll be saying things about us and singing songs or reading scripture or doing something in order to both grieve and celebrate our lives. So it's wise for us to recognize our own mortality, but what could be more wise? What what could be the wisest message anybody could get by going to a funeral or a memorial service? The wisest message anybody could get is that, hope is found in Christ alone, that he is the resurrection and the life. And so if people walk away saying, okay, I need to think about my own mortality and I should think I I should be living now in a way that I would be okay with if I died, that's very generalized wisdom. The very specific wisdom is for us to say, anything I'm not doing for Christ is going to burn It's just not going to be important. But every sacrifice that I make for Jesus is worthwhile. And that I don't have to fear death. I can enter into the period where I'm anticipating death with hope and with strength because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So whatever service you do, however you're doing it, make scripture and not just vague scriptures about death and about heaven, but specific passages about Jesus being our hope. Make that the center of the memorial service. Make the service more about Jesus than it is even about the person who's died. And for you, if you're hearing that, some of you might think, well, that sounds strange. It's a service for them. Yeah, But ultimately, as Christians, what we celebrate, what guides us through our grief is not primarily thinking about the person who died, but thinking about Jesus who gives us hope in all of that. So at a service like that, even more than hearing the words or hearing about the life of the departed is for us to hear the words of Jesus and to think about the life of Jesus and the hope that he gives us all. Um, and we can all remember what whatever was the spiritual state of the departed, of the person that were that were there and and grieving over at the time, if they were able to come back right now, they would know with perfect clarity that we should all choose Jesus, and that we should all live our lives completely for him. So make Jesus the center of the service. Um, don't make sort of silliness the center of the service. Um, I said, there can be laughter and there can be um, elements of, of joy that are a part of the service. It shouldn't be frivolous. It, it shouldn't be sort of inappropriately light where we're just sort of trying to avoid the heaviness of death by joking around about it. Um, you shouldn't have readings or songs that are specifically pointing away from Jesus. And I know in some ways you'd think, who would do that? A lot of people. A lot of people just be like, oh, these are the songs that they like. These were the things that they like here. Even with the slideshows, sometimes you watch the slideshows and you're like, this is sometimes glorifying sinful activity or or a rebellious heart. Um, Have Jesus at the center. Have Jesus be the hero of this because if the departed person is a saved person, the hero is not them. The hero is Jesus who saved them. So if you're planning the service for yourself or for someone else, first of all, do the service, don't skip it, make specific plans about the wishes for the remains of the departed person, Um, allow for grief and joy at the service, both are appropriate and make Jesus the center. What a unique opportunity when there's people gathered from different places and believers and unbelievers gathered together to hear Jesus proclaimed and to leave with the ultimate wisdom, which is that hope is found in Jesus alone. Um, Well, if you have questions, feedback, Um, specific thoughts on all of this, don't hesitate to leave comments uh, on this video. We post all the videos of The Christian Contrast to um, our YouTube channel for Life Bible Fellowship Church and also just to our website, which is lbf.church. We have lots of back episodes. We've been doing this for a while. So if you felt like you benefited from this, go ahead and watch some of those past episodes. And I usually try to keep up and interact with people who have uh, made comments or asked questions. We do this every two weeks, so I'll be back um, in two weeks with another episode of the Christian Contrast. Until then, thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and I'll talk to you in two weeks.